Merry Christmas. We're so delighted to have everyone here this evening to celebrate Jesus' birth. This is really a birthday party. And so we have done everything we know to do to make this as festive as possible. Later on, we're going to light the candles together, and I'll give you some instructions then. Afterwards, if anybody would like uh, a little cupcake for Jesus' birthday cake, you're welcome to uh, have some in the lobby area if you haven't already had some. We've been in a series here at Church Requel uh, that we're calling a major minor series, and I would like to wrap that up with your permission tonight. And for those of you who are our guests, I promise I'll bring you right up to speed. For one thing, you might need to know that my name is Mark Pierce. I am the pastor here at Church Requel, and uh, we're just uh, always excited when we get to worship together here. The major minor Christmas theme has basically been this. We have been looking at four major lessons that we learn from four minor Christmas characters. These are characters that are in the nativity story, but they never make the nativity scene. So who would the fourth one be tonight? The fourth one, well... Tonight, we want to take a look at the life and the story of Anna. Now, don't get me wrong. We're still going to talk about Jesus and celebrate his birth. I'm not taking anything away from the manger scene. But we're going to look at that very first Christmas scene through the eyes of Anna. Now, you say, who is Anna? Anna gets three verses in Luke chapter 2. And Luke chapter 2 is the story of Jesus' birth. So let's get into it, shall we? Luke chapter 2, verse 36 begins this way. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. Like I say, the big focus, of course, is always on Jesus. After all, this is Christmas Eve, and we're celebrating Jesus' birthday tonight. But I want to look at that first Christmas through the eyes of Anna, and tonight, very briefly, we're going to learn three very important Christmas lessons that you can take home with you tonight and celebrate all day tomorrow. Lesson number one from Anna's first Christmas. I may be a nobody to the world, but I'm a somebody to God. I may be a nobody to the world, but I'm a somebody to God. Now, it is easy for us to feel like we are nothing special, especially at Christmas time. Now, I know for many people who are here tonight, this is a big family event. However, for many, Christmas is a time when some of us feel disconnected. I want you to know something important, no matter who you are here tonight. You matter to God. You're not a nobody. In in God's eyes, you are a somebody special. Consider Anna. We read in verse 36b to 37, the first half is 37. Anna was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin and then a widow until she was 84. Women in the first century had one thing that made them a somebody in their world. There was one thing that would make Anna a somebody in her world. Who they married, and then how many children they had. And we read that Anna's 
husband died when she was around 23 or 24, and now she's 84. That means she's probably been a widow for 60 years, six decades of, in her world, being a nobody. No property, no standing, no family, no husband. And yet this nobody gets three verses in one of the most important chapters of the Bible, Luke chapter 2. In fact, the only reason that we know anything at all about Faneuil and Asher, the somebodies of their world, <laughs> is because of Anna. <laughs> Otherwise, we wouldn't know them at all. She was somebody special to God. And you tonight, I want you to know you are somebody special to God. We read the psalmist tells us uh, this in Psalm 139, 16 and 17, that you, talking about God, you saw me before I was born. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God. You know that God knew you before even your parents knew you? In fact, God doesn't just know about you. God knows you. He even, according to this, he even thinks about you. Imagine that. How precious are your thoughts about me? In fact, not only does God think about you, God, we're told, actually cares about you. Isaiah 44, 2 says, I am your creator. You were in my care even before you were born. So tonight, on this Christmas Eve, I want to remind you that each one of you is an important part of God's family. He specifically created you individually. He knows you. He cares about you. And he wants you to join him for his son's birthday party. <laughs> like Anna, you are not a nobody. You are somebody with God. Lesson number two that we learned tonight from the life of Anna, as we look at this first Christmas, the birth of Jesus, our Savior, through her eyes, through Anna's eyes, the second lesson that we learn is that I and you have been created to worship God. We've been created to worship, to worship God. Now, Anna knew something about worship. She took what the world thought was a negative and turned it into a positive. To her society, she couldn't be a wife. She couldn't be a mother. She couldn't fill her expected role that most thought gave her value. But Anna didn't focus on what she couldn't do. She focused on what she could do. Because she didn't have a family to care for, she did have time to worship. And so she went into the worship of God full time. We read this in Luke 2, 37. She never left the temple, but she stayed there day and night worshiping God with fasting and prayer. You know, in our life today, we like to focus on what we can't do. And tonight, maybe your gift from God would be to turn around your thinking from what you cannot do to thinking about what maybe you can do. 
You may even be thinking here tonight that you couldn't possibly do what Anna did, worshiping God full time, going to church seven days a week. Well, I've got good news for you. You don't have to do what Anna did. You don't have to worship uh, in church because worship is a whole lot more than what we do here on Christmas Eve or on Sunday morning or in church. In fact, worship is anything that you do that pleases God. Anything you do that brings God pleasure, that is worship. And God, my friends, on this Christmas Eve, you need to know God takes pleasure in you. The psalmist tells us that the Lord takes pleasure in his people. So on this Christmas Eve, tonight, for just a moment, I want you to think about your present to God. I know you got lots of presents, maybe that you, you got to figure in family, you got to see, and maybe some of you still have things that got to wrap. My sister-in-law still has to get her Christmas tree up. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be in such trouble when she hears this. But I want you to know something. Each one of you, including my sister-in-law, is unique. None of us is created in the same way. We all have a unique ability to bring pleasure to God in different ways. We read about the Magi who brought expensive gifts. We read about the angels who brought their singing. We read about the shepherds who brought their curiosity. God created you special, created you uniquely, and each of you have a unique gift to bring to God. I want you to know, God is your creator and he don't make no junk. Whatever you bring, just remember this, put your whole heart into it and it will bring him pleasure. Paul writes to the Colossians and Colossae, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, not working for the Lord, not for men. Anna here stayed as close to God as was humanly possible. And you can do the same. Whatever you do, wherever you go, invite God to be a vital part of your life. And sometimes even God will let you know where you're going and invite you to be a special part of his plans. And that brings us to the very last Christmas lesson that we learn from the life of Anna on that first Christmas and what we bring to our Christmas Eve this evening. Lesson number three, I and you have a unique purpose to serve God. We each have a unique purpose. I cannot tell you what your unique purpose is, but God can, and he will. After all, he created you. He knows you better even than what you know yourself. And God knows what his plan is. He knows what's going on. He has his plans, and he knows just exactly where you would fit into those plans. Now, in Anna's case, she might have been inside the temple worshiping, and, and God moved into her heart and into her life to go outside to where Mary and Joseph and Jesus were. Or maybe God just orchestrated the coincidental bump into Jesus' earthly parents. All we know from the scripture, from this last verse, is that it happened at just exactly the right moment. Dr. Luke tells us this in Luke 2.38, at that moment, she, Anna, came up to Mary and Joseph and began to thank God. She spoke about the child to all who were waiting 
for God to set Jerusalem free. I'm here to tell you tonight that God has a plan that is just as exciting for you. A plan where you can help encourage others, just like Anna encouraged Joseph and Mary. A plan that will bring out the automatic thanksgiving from you so that you can be used by God. Because you know, when you get to be used by God, there is just nothing better. It is a gift from God that becomes your gift to everybody else. And this was nothing new in the life of Anna. God has been doing this all through the Bible with all the Bible characters, and he continues to do it for the 2,000 years since and will continue to do it until the day he comes back. Everything finds its purpose in God and in his plans. Everything. Think of that. Again, back to Colossians, everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, everything got its start in him and finds its purpose in him. This same babe that we celebrate tonight in the manger is the same one who, with his very words, spun everything that you know in the universe into place. So when God says everything, he means it. Everything. Absolutely everything. And that everything includes you. Tonight, you may think that you're just here at a candlelight service, and it may just seem to you to be accidental or coincidental that you're here tonight, but I want you to know God has a reason for you to be here. He has a purpose for you, and he wants to reveal it to you, a purpose so amazing that it will give you reason to wake up in the morning and to keep you going all day long, a purpose that gives you the assurance that God is alive, that God is well, that God is working out his plan, and that God is using you and your unique gifts just exactly the way he created you, that you might bring him glory. If you're here tonight and you don't have that sense of purpose, I'm guessing that you may not also have that sense of peace that transcends all understanding. On this Christmas Eve, as we celebrate the peace of Christ, we remember that this is a tough world. It's not perfect. Evil does abound. Things don't work out the way that we want them to. And the only way that we ever know real, true peace is to know God's peace. And this gift to you from God can be yours on this Christmas Eve. Again, Isaiah 26, 3, our last verse tonight. You, Lord, give perfect peace to those who keep their purpose firm and put their trust in you. Now, notice two descriptions of the people who receive God's perfect peace in this verse that you can see up in front. Number one, those who keep their purpose firm. And two, those who put their trust in him. So how are you doing on those two. Do you know his peace? If not, check your heart on those two descriptions. Is your purpose firm? Do you know God's purpose for your life? Are you living out his unique purpose as best you know how to? And then secondly, have you put your trust in him tonight? Are you trusting him completely? Not just a belief in a historical Jesus who was born, but a resting trust. A trust where everything in your life depends fully upon him. A trust that makes a difference. 
a trust that relies. If you do that and you give God your trust, he will give you his purpose and he will give you his peace. Tonight we celebrate Jesus' birthday, but this could also become your spiritual birthday too, and wouldn't that be worth celebrating?